the the saying is if you if you build a better mousetrap, they'll be beating down a path to your door. And that's that's kind of what we're hoping for. That that new great idea that kind of spurns new new excitement within the organization, right? You're listening to Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. Hello and welcome to Sports Tech Feed. I'm your host, Thomas Loams. Great to have you join us again this week. On today's show, we're joined by Andy Olson, Manager Business Process Analysis at the Cleveland Cavaliers. Originally hailing from Buffalo, New York, Andy joined the Cavs as a business analyst during the 2016 NBA Finals, just in time to witness the greatest comeback in finals history. Before relocating to Cleveland, he spent three years as a manager of customer experience with Yahoo Fantasy Sports. While there, his team developed numerous enhancements to the fantasy sports platform to ensure users received an unrivaled experience. During his time at the Cavs, Andy has led the execution of software implementations, design process improvements and rollouts, all while spreading awareness of the internal mousetrap team. With the organization's focus shifting to analytics, he aims to streamline processes based on data utilization. Andy received his bachelor's degree in sports management from SUNY, Fredonia, and is a Six Sigma green belt. Today's conversation centers all around that mousetrap team, uh, built out to be the internal eyes and ears of the Cavs and looking at ways that it can innovate and really build a better business through internal innovation. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast, then please go to sportstechfeed.com. We've got show notes from previous episodes as well as today's episodes if you'd like to dive deeper into it. You can also subscribe to our newsletter at sportstechworldseries.com. That's a weekly newsletter where you get all the latest news from the industry, uh, a deep dive to learn more about specific areas, and then also information about the podcast in case you missed it that week. If you have enjoyed the episode, then feel free to leave a positive review on the Apple Podcasts. Uh, great to be able to spread the word of what we're doing and, of course, move the sports tech industry forward. Thanks again for joining us this week. And this is Building a Better Business Through Internal Innovation with Andy Olson from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Andy Olson, Manager of Business Process Analysis at the Cleveland Cavaliers. Welcome to Sports Tech Feed. Great to have you on the show. Thanks a lot for having me. Glad to be here. So... Most of this is going to center, of this conversation is going to center around the Mousetrap team. Um, and you've recently been awarded an innovation, um, the ID Scale Innovation Management Award for Best Innovation Engagement Strategy. So obviously got some, some validation from outside the industry, from within the industry. But first things first, what is the role of the Mousetrap team within the cabs? And, and I guess secondly, how did it come to be formed? Yeah, so we, we kind of act as, as the, the outside set or an, an additional set of eyes and ears within the organization. Um, it originally started at Quicken Loans, um, which is kind of our, one of our family of companies. Uh, Dan Gilbert, uh, the founder of Quicken Loans, also the owner of the Cavs, started it. Um, this was back in 2004, I want to say. So it's, it's been around quite a while, at least on the Quicken Loans side of things. And it's basically just a, a group of folks that, that, lends an extra hand, extra, you know, set of eyes and ears whenever need be. So um, if, a, if a certain team or department doesn't have the necessary time um, allotted to focus on something that they've been meaning to for a while, that's kind of where Mousetrap steps in and, and lends that extra set of hands. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and how does that, I mean, how does that work in practice? So it's coming from Quick and Lines, as you said, and then adopted by the Cavaliers. How's the, from, um, I guess, the outside is eyes, whatever you want to call it, from that problem, what's the process that it goes through to the outcome? Yeah, so there's a, there's a couple of different ways that we go about it. So we have a, an internal website um, that hosts all of our um, full-time and part-time employees. So essentially what they can do is they submit 
Um, and, and it's, it's kind of a play on words because of mousetrap, you know, it's, uh, the, the saying is if you, if you build a better mousetrap, they'll be beating down a path to your door. And that's, that's kind of what we're hoping for that, that new great idea, um, that kind of spurns, um, new, new excitement within the organization. Right. So along those lines, um, instead of submitting an idea, you submit a piece of cheese. So that's, that's what we're, uh, what we're built on. So if a team member notices something that they think can be improved, they can submit an idea through the website. We'll get a no notification um, and then we'll do our due diligence to, to work on it, right? So um, we're, we're all Lean Six Sigma certified. Um, so what that, what that is, is basically just an ideology on how to approach projects. Um, so there's, it's for short, it's DMAIC. So it stands for define, measure, analyze, improve, and then control. Um, so we work through each of those steps um, associated with the team that we're involved in. Um, and then, and then we just find ways to, to make it better essentially. So there's either that route, or if we notice something from the mousetrap team that we think can be improved, we'll reach out to that team, um, individually and see if it's something that they want to get involved in. And is that open to, you said all staff, uh, part-time, full-time. So anyone within the organization can submit a problem that they see. Exactly. Yep. So all, all of our full-time team members have a Cavs dedicated Cavs or Monsters dedicated email address, and then our our part-timers can uh, set up their own account with their own email address and submit that way. So there's a couple couple ways to go about it. Yeah, definitely. And what's the response been from the team uh, from the organization in terms of? I, I guess we'll chunk that down into actually submitting problems because I understand something like this. If you're not solving for the right problems, you're not going to get the, the, the outcomes that you want. So starting off with actually seeing it as a resource and submitting problems, what's the response been like? So originally it was a slow burn, right? So we started, well, I started back in June of 2016. My boss started shortly before that. I think it was December of 2015. Um, and it was just a team of three of us at the time. So it was, um, like I said, it was a slow burn. We were um, faced with trying to, um, create this impact with the organization off of no basis other than well Quicken Loans is doing it so why can't we? Um, we? We were looked at as kind of outsiders at the time because our titles were consultants and you hear that that phrase and you're like oh god these guys are going to come in and change everything and you know critique us to a to an extra level so um, we focused on small wins first just to build that rapport and relationship with some of these teams and then once once we um, kind of garnered a little success and and had champions for what we were doing. It, it was a lot better um, throughout the throughout the years beyond that. So most recently, this past year was was our most successful one yet, and it's kind of been on the up and up. So we hope to continue that momentum. But yeah, like I said early on, it was it was a struggle, but um, you know we were we persevered through it, and and we're in a good spot now. Yeah, to get that trust and that buy-in that people understand you're not there. To, you're there to help. You're not there to um, – yeah, it's not it's not dobbing someone. It's not snitching, saying there's a problem here, and then you're going to come in and, and um, you know, enforce something on them. It's actually going, well, there's a better – as you said, building a better mousetrap, there's a better way of doing things here. So Yeah, and, th and that was the case was like, okay, well, what we've been doing forever has worked. Why change it now? And it's like, well – you know, we, we could make your life a whole lot easier if, if you let us. But um, I, at the same time, I get it too. You know, it's like, who, who are these people to tell me how, how what I'm doing is, isn't working or whatever. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it was a, a complicated process, but I think um, we've kind of uh, 
found, found our niche within the organization now where people appreciate us and, and can come to us with problems expecting um, results. Yeah, 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 definitely. And, and has that reflected on the other end when you recommend um, changes be made or innovations, improvements? Um, have they been met with the response of, yes, we'll take these on board? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have noticed that quite a bit too. Some, some teams may not have the bandwidth um, because our, our season is, is pretty much 24-7, 365. So we have to find, um, you know, bits and pieces where we can actually partner with these teams. Yeah. So that, that's been somewhat of a challenge as well um, because even in the off season, we're already preparing for the next season coming up. So with COVID thrown in, it's been, it's added a, an additional wrench into our plan. So um, yeah, but if we notice something that we think can, can improve, we'll at least pitch the idea to them and we'll come to a consensus if it's a good time to, to focus on it or not. Yeah. And do you help with implementation or is it kind of giving them a project plan and they go away and, and check back in or how does that work? We, so we, we've kind of adopted a, a hybrid role where um, not only are we consultants, analysts, whatever you want to call it, we act as project managers to a degree as well. So there may be, um, there's, there's been um, cases where we work with several teams um, and, and we kind of act as a project manager and making sure everybody's on the same page and, and tasks are assigned appropriately. So um, yeah, we, we see it through from, from idea creation to full implementation. And that's where, like I mentioned Lean Six Sigma before, and that last stage is control. Um, ultimately, we don't own anything. So as, as far as who's taking over for the project or who's gonna, who's gonna take on that ownership, um, that, that last step is the most important because we wanna make sure that they feel comfortable to take it over and they're, and they're in a good spot to do so. Um, otherwise, it will just kind of um, you know, float away and, and that's kind of the end of it. We wanna make sure that this is something that continues uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then build up some institutional knowledge behind it so the people working on it can pass it on to whoever Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's been a big portion of it too, is documentation. Um, because there's, there's been people that, that work, that have worked for the Cavs for 30, 40 years, and they have all this knowledge in their head. But, you know, if they win the lottery tomorrow, and they're out the door, then they don't have, they don't necessarily need to pass it on to the next person. So we want to make sure that we're in a case where if that does happen, and somebody wins the lottery, um, congrats to them. But we also want to make sure that our business can move forward. That's the much nicer version than I've heard about, which is someone gets hit by a bus. But, but right, yeah. either way, key person risk, um, uh, having that, that document and having that, that written down is definitely important. Uh, what are some of the, the successes you've seen from um, the Mousetrap team from this initiative? Is there any kind of details you can share on specific projects um, that you've worked on? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll reference a couple actually. So the, one of the first major ones that we um, implemented was um, a shift to Microsoft Office. So we had people folk, or working within Slack, um, you know, Gmail, all of these different communication tools. And we didn't have one centralized um, software that, that uh, spoke to each other. So that was one of the major implementations that we took on early was, was assisting the IT team and getting that up and running and, and deciding on this one being the one that makes the most sense. So not only do we have Outlook now, um, we have Microsoft Teams, which has been huge for um, working from home while, while COVID has kind of taken over um, our industry, so, um, and, and others as well. So 
that was one of the big ones. It took a while um, just because, like I said, you know, people are a little resistant to change naturally. So, um, you know, getting people used to all these different tools and features that they were unaware of um, and, and all be it for the greater good. Right. So um, that was one of the early successes that we could really hang our hat on. Um, and then along with that, we just transformed our building um, last summer or the last last summer was when it when it came to fruition. So um, we have a beautiful new office, our, our arena um, or our field house is completely redone. So um, we, we took um, ownership as far as the project list goes. So um, the head of facility ops for us reached out to us originally and said, hey, we could use your help. Um, making sure that all these teams are on the same page and um, so that that we partnered with them we spoke to every team every week for a year and a half essentially to make sure that we were ready to go and then um, when we did move into our building it was uh, it was hectic don't get me wrong but um, we felt we were in a good spot to kind of react to anything as, as, instead of um, you know kind of kind of doing it on the fly so we, we were prepared more than anything so um, yeah, those, those were two of the major ones. And then most recently, we run a campaign called Cheese Madness um, to go in, in hand with the, the cheese puns some more. But um, it coincides with the NCAA March Madness. Um, and this year, we did it a little differently. So for basically two weeks, we run a contest where everybody submits ideas. Um, and we, we did it around our four um, big rocks. So basically things that, ob objectives that we set out for our organization to focus on. Um, so we had ideas centered around those. And then after the two weeks was over, we entered a bracket style um, competition, essentially tournament. So we reached out to all of our team members and asked them to vote on ideas that they would think that we, that they think would make the most sense to um, implement. And the winner of that tournament essentially is the one that we prioritize the most and that we're hoping to implement sooner than later. And so these are the, the ideas that form the, essentially the teams in the bracket uh, are sourced from that portal, the, um, the cheese, and they're, they're the bits of cheese, or is it? Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, so then you put them into a bracket and then they go head to head and go across and then you have the eventual... Um, champion <laughs> exactly champion. Yeah. yeah and that in in order to make the bracket we presented all of the ideas respective to each big rock to members of our senior leaders so that was how we kind of got the champion behind behind us you know we need that executive support um and our pre props to our president for for making this such a such a big um event for for our team members that he spoke to them and, and encouraged them to participate so um th this was our most successful year yet and that was what we won the award with idea scale for was was this competition so um i think all in all we had over 400 ideas submitted we had 150 unique participants um and it, it was just you know after i think after four days we beat our numbers from last year and it was just like ho holy cow now now what do we do with all these ideas you know so yeah um, yeah so what, and, what was some of the what was some of the idea what was the winning idea and uh, if you can share that and some of the other ones of course, yeah. So the, the winning idea was Cavs Craigslist, which is basically an internal marketplace for anything and everything that you need um, accomplished. It could be from babysitting to tutoring services. Uh, you just want to sell something. It's, it's just something internal that um, basically team members can utilize um, to make their lives easier outside of work. Um, we've kind of shifted 
um, to focusing on this work, uh, personal balance, um, which has been awesome. So this is just part of that. And, and working from home has kind of allowed us to do that. So we're in the midst of implementing that right now. Um, we have an internal website that we, that we host this all on called Home Court. So um, that's, that's gonna be the plan is just to have everybody submit their, um, their services or whatever it may be on that site. And then uh, and then go from there. So we're we're close to implementing that. Um, it's just just a matter of getting that up and running in the next couple of weeks. Cool. So it's uh, I mean extending to that the Cavs family um, in a really true sense of the word, being able to support each other. Um, yeah. Across across different areas. Let me yeah. know if anyone's selling a championship ring in there. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll keep you posted for sure. So, uh, what were some of the other ideas that were um, that were put forward? I th so, second place was um, building lighting. So that was actually a, a pretty big one as well, and it's kind of it kind of worked itself out just because um, you know as, as soon as the competition ended, or even before we were um, we were sent home to work from home for the next six seven months. I don't even know what month we're going on now, but um, it was, it was like it's basically. Yeah, it was basically a way to cut down on our electricity bills. So, um, you know, we have lights that light up the offices, the the pool or the the bowl. So, um, this this was an option for us to kind of reduce that and make sure that we're more energy efficient moving forward. So, um, yeah, that that was actually a pretty big one, and I think uh, we saved a decent bit of money um, from that as well. So, um, that was that was a cool one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's I mean, something that strikes me about all of these examples is um not that they're basic but they're not like science fiction and i think that's that's a problem that um a lot of organizations or the individuals think when they think innovation they think it's just got to be like everything's got to be on an augmented reality or um throwing another buzzword artificial intelligence which we had a great conversation with a guest last week about artificial intelligence and it has some cool applications but um yeah something something that, that's like fundamental um as connecting staff on a, pl a platform like the, the caps list um, mm -hmm. that doesn't require someone reinventing, I don't know, recreating Facebook or like, you know what I mean? Like it, it's a, it doesn't require that and everyone gets some sort of chip implant in them and, and things like that. The, the, the innovation doesn't have to be big and scary. All it is is, um, for me personally, I'd be interested to hear what your kind of definition definition of innovation is, but it's just finding a better way of doing something. Um, and a lot of time technology and, and innovation go hand in hand because just the efficiencies and the speed and the, the accuracy and everything else that tech can apply and digital and data can apply to that, um, but they're tools to achieve that end. And I think at the most fundamental point of view, it's just how can we do this better? What are our tools available? And then go from there is... What's your what's your personal kind of definition of innovation? I, I, I completely agree with you that it's just finding a better way to do things. You know, it's um, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be revolutionary. It certainly can. And that's that's good and dandy. But, um, you know, just to be able to take a step back and see really evaluate where you are. Um, that's that's the most important thing. Like I kind of like I mentioned earlier, you know, just because it's working now doesn't mean that you still don't have headaches from it. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Um, if there's any, any way to improve it or a different way to, um, to go about things that may also impact another area that, that may not be thought about. So, um, 
you know, just, just because it doesn't only affect your, your business, it may affect somebody else's that, that also goes hand in hand. So, um, yeah, we, uh, innovation is an interesting one because um, in the sports industry, it's just always been the way it is. Uh, you know, it's, uh, we've been doing it this way for 20, 30 years. And um, the NBA has, has taken a major step forward as far as innovation in general. So um, there's actually an innovation team based out of uh, New Jersey or New York um, for innovation. So that's, that's kind of what we hope to accomplish the next year. Or so is build an internal innovation committee where, we have weekly, monthly meetings that, that kind of focus on ways to, to get better. So um, that's, that's kind of our focus. And um, hopefully that, that translates to uh, more success. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the, um, the, we've always done it this way kind of thing is, um, yeah, I think it's like nails on a chalkboard for a lot of people that are, that are trying to, to push forwards with creative, you know, efficient, ways of doing things um just being met with that resistance so to that end what what are learnings from your team from the cabs that other organizations can um, take on board whether that's other teams leagues themselves uh, about implementing something like this yeah so um through quicken loans we and, and the family of companies in general we have um these these catchphrases called isms basically 19, 20 sayings that, that we live by day, daily. Um, and one of my favorite ones is yes before no. So the, so many times you can, you can you know, suggest an idea that, that we think will, will make, you know, save time, save money, whatever the case may be, but it's usually met with no, we don't, we don't have time, we don't have the money, whatever, it's, whatever it is. So um, just having that positive attitude and understanding that okay, we, this may fail, um, but that's okay. You know, we'll, no matter what, we'll still learn something from it. So um, that's, that's, you know, you, you, it's, it's not a good idea to fail, but um, you can't go into it thinking that it's going to fail right from the get go. It's like I said, having that positive attitude and, and suggesting that we'll find a way to make this work. Yeah. And he's part of that having a separate team. So if things do fail, um, you know, the lean startup methodology, you know, fail fast, all that kind of stuff and iterate. Um, is that having a separate team? So you're not basically risking business as usual for the rest of the organization? Yeah, they, they kind of take on, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah, we kind of take on that burden somewhat and you know, we, we pitch in where we can. Um, I, I mentioned having a hybrid role earlier and it's, it's like, we, that's, that's my favorite part about this job is I've learned so much about different areas of the business that I wouldn't have learned had I been only on the ticket sales team, only on, you know, the, the box office team. It's, you, you literally have to learn the business through and through to understand it and, and to find those intricacies that, that may make the difference in, in making something easier. So um, yeah, ha having a whole dedicated team to it definitely helps. I don't think you necessarily need one, but it's, if, if you have the luxury of doing so, then um, yeah, I, I fully encourage it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And any other learnings about, about how to do that? I mean, yes, before now and, and having a dedicated team, if you can have that, or maybe dedicated individual, or at least quarantining a an area. Not to say quarantining too much. I think that's that's an old <laughs> thing. Uh, or they say you know sandlot, sandpit, whatever that is. Just marking out a space, um, either in schedules or times of the year, or whatever else that is, or um, for some part of someone's role to just focus on innovation and that building a better mousetrap. 
I think it's probably the extension of your point of you don't need a whole team, but you still need to keep it separate. Um, mm-hmm. Is there any other kind of uh, yeah, suggestions, things you've learned from from the whole experience? Yeah, we've uh, so we've we've done we call them mousetrap roadshows, where we essentially built a, a PowerPoint, a deck of some sort that shows all of the um, the successes that we've had and. We, we reached out to every team within the organization, those that we worked with, those that we haven't, and, and basically laid it all out there saying, These, this is what we can help you with. Um, you don't have to take us up on this right now, but just keep us in the back of your mind. So this was probably two years ago where we started that, and we had probably 30 ideas spurned just from that. So, um, you know, it's it's our main goal is to, to remain top of mind for these for these teams just to make sure that they know that they're not in this alone we're, we're here to help and that's that's kind of what we established since since day one is we're not looking to change everything um but if we if we do and we have the opportunity to do so then yeah let's let's make a difference so um we're looking to do another round of those those road shows coming up here as soon as um quarantine whatever you want to call it is over um, we're, we're actually headed back to the office on a once a week basis um, just to make sure that we maintain social distancing and all, all the policies in place that the NBA has and our state has. So um, we're, we're excited about the opportunity and getting back in front of people and having those opportunities again. So um, yeah, the, the road shows have been a great help to us, not only just to you know bring ideas to light, but also just to get our face out there with other teams that we haven't worked with. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're excited about the, the opportunities there. And I feel like something like, I mean, upheaval always spurns innovation because it, it upheaves the way of previously doing things. The, what worked for the last 20, 30 years suddenly doesn't work or doesn't work as well. Um, so I certainly think you're going to have a lot more um, off the back of the fantastic engagement you've already got, a lot more engagement as well because people are going to be finding new problems um, coming up against um, new issues, things like that. So uh, they need they need some help essentially to to be able to um, to best do their jobs. Yeah, yeah. You've you've certainly had to get creative during these times um, because you you're not face to face with people. It's um, you you can't just throw stuff up on the whiteboard. You have to do it virtually now and have it you know drawn out that way. So it's uh it's been pretty cool to see though because people have adapted pretty well and. Um, really well, actually, and you know, I don't think we've, we've really lost a step as far as production goes. But um, there's there's always opportunity to do more, so um, that's that's going to be our focus moving forward. For sure. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Andy. That was um, it was a great discussion, and I'll include some links um, to the Mastrap team, um, some things about the Idea Scale Innovation Management Award as well. Um, so congratulations on that, and to the rest of the team. Um, thank you very much. And I have to, to have to wrap up with um, a final question. What is your favorite sporting moment of all time? My favorite sporting moment of all time. I feel I feel like I need to say something Buffalo related. Um, but, but I will say so. My first um, when I first moved to Cleveland, the Cavs won the championship, which was like surreal. I've never being from Buffalo. We don't we're not used to that kind of thing. So. Um, <laughs> Winning the, the 2016 championship was unreal. And then I also, that same year, um, I also got to go to the World Series, which was in Cleveland. Um, so I got to see the Indians Cubs. Um, unfortunately, that didn't go Cleveland's way. Um, but seeing Rajay Davis hit that, hit that 
homer off off Chapman to to tie it up and send it to um, to extras was awesome as well. So um, def, definitely the, the the championship, but just being in Cleveland that that whole year was awesome. Not to mention the Cleveland Monsters won um, the Calder Cup trophy just before the Cavs did. So that was that was the first championship in in uh, 52 years. So um, it was it was just a cool time to be in Cleveland for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I can only imagine. That's great. Well, I'll um I'll include some footage to to a few of those um if I can in the show notes as well. Um, Please do. Did that and don't worry. I mean, we were talking off air. Buffalo Bills. This this is the year they say every year, but this is the year. So <laughs> for a long suffering fan, um, and hopefully as well, they kind of um we get some listeners from there and they take this up on some of the innovation stuff as well. So absolutely, yeah, have a positive effect that way. Uh, I hope so. Well, thank you so much for your time, Andy. Um, you've been a fantastic guest and we will talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Yeah, thanks Thanks again for the opportunity. And if, if there's anything else that I can do, please, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. There you have it. That was Andy Olson, Manager of Business Process Analysis at the Cleveland Cavaliers, talking about the internal Mousetrap team and how they implement innovation to build a better business. As I mentioned, I really enjoyed how it wasn't the most earth-shattering, innovative things uh, that they were implementing, but some really solid business process improvements. Um, That's often the way with innovation is the greatest improvements actually can come from doing small things well and especially getting efficiencies down uh, across tech platforms, for instance, software platforms, communication platforms, whatever that is. Uh, They're the things that can really have the biggest payoff over and beyond uh, something that may seem a little bit cooler or or the latest tech or, or whatever that is. So that's something that um, I think we all need to say centered on, I guess, as, as people working within sports technologies, understanding that there are some really cool solutions out there and we should always be looking at the bleeding edge to be seeing what's coming next. Um, but at the same time, when we're running our business, our companies, our teams, um, understanding that there are things that are the fundamentals um, and you need to do them well. Uh, and that internally that's where some of the greatest innovation can come from is actually empowering staff to be able to share that. So really appreciated Andy sharing his perspectives on that uh, and hopefully the work with the Cavs there and the Mousetrap team extends to other teams and, and also the league itself. I've been your host Thomas Loams. It's been great to join you this week for another episode of Sports Tech Feed and looking forward to seeing you again next week. Uh-huh.